<laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. See, something breaks in the atmosphere when you, you're obedient to the Holy Spirit. Talking to one person one time, I said, Oh, yeah, the, you know, God will test you. This person said, oh, no, uh, got, it's almost like they said, I got you, got you. He said, God said he'll never test anybody. I said, oh, really? Got a scripture on that? I, and I showed her the scripture that says, God will not tempt anybody, but he will test. Come on. He will test. Oh, my. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. This is just a wonderful presence of the Lord up here. Excuse me while I swim in it. <laughs> Hallelujah. How do you like my new perm, by the way? Huh? Hallelujah. Praise God if you have your Bibles. Open them up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Spent a couple of weeks since I've been up here. Excuse my voice. Uh, I got hammered with a, with a terrible cold this week. So pressing through. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5, I want to read uh, verses 14 through 20. It says, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us unto himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20, here it is. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Hallelujah. Now, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to look at verses 1 through 6. Hallelujah. Jesus said these words. The words are in red. It means Jesus is doing the speaking. It says, Take heed that you do not <coughs> do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees you in secret will himself reward you openly. And when you pray... You shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go in your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in, in the secret place, and, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus 
As this word goes forth, I pray it would penetrate the hearts of the listeners, Father God. I pray that every heart in this place would be softened right now. Every hard place of any heart in this place, I say be softened and receive the engrafted word of God in the name of Jesus. And everyone said? I believe the Lord has given me a very timely word for this church and the body of Christ as a whole. Out of all the people that call themselves Christians on this earth, I believe we could break them down into two categories. Two categories, two kinds of people, two kinds of Christians. And as I bring forth this message, I want you to identify yourself. Where do I fit in in this? What category do I fit in? I want you to openly and honestly examine your heart today before the Lord. Because I do believe this is a word from the Lord. I believe the two kinds of people in the body of Christ are these. You're either an actor or an ambassador. Oh, the Holy Spirit spoke this very clear to me. I didn't even know what I was preaching up until probably noon yesterday. I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to speak? What is it? What, do you, what, what is the word you want me to give to the people? And very clearly, actor or ambassador. You're either an actor for Christ or you're an ambassador for Christ. Jesus called the Pharisees hypocrites. Now, this is interesting. Where did I get the term uh, actor for my title here? The Greek word that's translated hypocrite means this. One who is play acting, reading a script, or one who puts on an act. Are you an actor? Or are you an ambassador? See, God has been confirming the words of prophecy that have been spoken over this ministry, that have been spoken over this area, the Big Rapids area, this region. He's been speaking very clearly of what's going on or what's going to take place. Let me, let me share this with you. How serious does God take what he's going to do in this area? And I, I, I want to get this across to you as, as people at my church and people who are listening on the, on the radio in this area. And people on the internet can take hold of this for their area too. But let me tell you how important it is when God wants to move in a city, in a region. One of my pastor friends in the area, he had... Uh, he had some special services throughout the week. And uh, I, I won't go into too many details, but at one service, <clears throat> 13 people showed up from his church. And the Lord spoke very clearly. The Lord spoke so clearly to his heart, I bet you it made this, pa this pastor friend of mine turn white as a ghost. The Lord spoke to him this. He said, if 10 people wouldn't have showed up to this meeting tonight, I was going to close the doors of your church. Very serious. When God wants to do something, he expects his people to gather around and press in. God means business. And we're either with him or we're against him. You're either helping usher in this move or you're hindering this move that will be taking place. He's been testing us. He's been challenging us to see if we really mean business with him. And this testing time... Like I said it before, it, God is testing our spiritual temperature. 
You know, and, and I was just thinking about this. In the natural, when someone has an infirmity or, or not feeling well, what is one of the first signs of that infirmity attacking their body? What goes away? Your appetite, doesn't it? Same in the spirit realm. If, if you're not hungry for God, if you're not hungry for what he, what he wants to do, you're sick spiritually. You're sick spiritually. So God is testing our spiritual temperature. The Holy Spirit has prophetically spoke through several individuals within the last six months. And this has been the main message. If we could just sum it up. Are you ready for this? How hungry are you to see my glory? Remember Domarie Speem got up here. I, I, she was speaking under the unction of the Holy Ghost. She didn't know one thing about any of the prophecies spoken over this ministry. She didn't know one thing. But she stood on this platform under the unction and inspiration of the Holy Ghost said, How hungry are you? This is a place where miracles, signs, and wonders are going to happen. How hungry are you? What do we do with that word? What are we doing with that word? Are we healthy spiritually as a congregation or are we a little sick and weak right now? I'm not throwing condemnation on anybody. I'm just, hey, as a pastor, I wouldn't be doing my job. Are you hearing me? I wouldn't be doing my job if I wouldn't bring this up. I mean, I could pat you on the back and give you a nice psychologist session, but I'm not going to do that because I'll tell you, I want to see a move of God. I believe God sent me here to help usher this move into this area. I believe that with my whole heart. And if he didn't, I don't want to be here. God, I want to go where you want to move and pour out your spirit. Amen? Plain and simple. I'm not here to play church. Amen? I want to see a move of God in this area. So the Holy Spirit has prophetically spoken through several people. Our Heavenly Father is beckoning us to draw closer to him. He's calling us to go deeper with him in our commitment to him. 2 Chronicles 7.14 in the Amplified Version. Listen to this. It's in your bulletin. It says this. If my people who are called by my name, this is God speaking, shall humble themselves. You could say who will deny themselves and you wouldn't do any injustice. If they pray, seek, crave, and require of necessity my face and they turn from their wicked ways, you could throw lukewarmness in there too and you wouldn't be doing any injustice. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. God is looking for us as a church to stand in the gap for this area, for this region. Does anyone sense that here in this place? Don't take it because Pastor James is saying it. Honestly, has the Holy Spirit shown you that? Raise your hand if he has. He is. He's calling us to stand in the gap. And because of his grace and his mercy, I don't know why, but some reason he, he has chosen us as a congregation, us as a ministry, to really be one of the forerunners in this area. Oh, that's prideful, Pastor James. No, it's not. It's a fact. It's a fact. He has called us as a, as a church to, to be one of the forerunners in this ministry, to prepare the way for the outpouring. He has. Several... Uh, People have spoken that, and that was just confirmation to me. But are we really taking the word of the Lord seriously? 
Is there even a hunger for more of the power of God in your life personally? Are, or, or are you content where you're at? At the expense of missing the, the, the visitation of his glory, of his outpouring. I, I, I honestly believe, I believe uh, there's many in this church who really don't believe. They really don't grasp on to these words of prophecy. They might hear and think, oh, that's great, or that's a great message. Yeah, that's inspiring. Do you really know what's going to happen? I'll tell you this right now, too. Several prophecies have been coming out in our pastor's meetings and, 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 and everywhere that I've been hearing. We're going back to the days of the Ananias and Sapphira. We're going back to there. I'm telling you, there's accountability that God's requiring that we're just not giving. We're just not giving. You're scaring me, Pastor James. Well, pray about it. Take it to God. <laughs> Don't be an Ananias or Sapphira. Are you hearing me? Come on now. But I do believe that there's some in this ministry and, and in this area as a whole, there's just some who just plain have unbelief in your hearts about all this talk of revival. Just unbelief. And I know by the Spirit of God there's, there's many in this church in this area that and listening to me on the internet, you're just plain old and lukewarmness. Just lukewarmness. And God is calling us higher as a church. God's calling us higher as the body of Christ. Ephesians 5.14 says this. Awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. He's talking to believers there. Romans 13.11 in the New Living Translation says this. This is all the more urgent. For you know how late it is. The time is running out. Wake up. For your salvation is nearer now than when you first believed. We're getting nearer, we're getting nearer than when you first received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And there's work to be done. And the real purpose of revival, come on now. This is where the blinders come in on the Christians who are lukewarm. The real purpose of revival is to bring others into the kingdom of God. The real purpose is to bring the unsaved to Jesus Christ. The real purpose is to deliver those who are in bondage from the hand of the enemy. It's not for you. It's not just for a tickling sensation. It's to bring in the harvest. And when you and I aren't committed to that, we don't care about those who are going to hell. We don't care about those who are on their deathbed who need a healing touch from the Lord. You don't understand that we are the Lord's hands. We are the Lord's feet on this earth. If the body of Christ don't go and do something, Jesus can't do it. Do you understand that? Do you understand that the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3 that we are laborers together with God? Together with God, we sit back and, and just think God's going to do everything, and he's waiting for us. Remember this, taking up your cross to follow Jesus is a requirement as a Christian, not an option. Not an option. And I, I, I want to ask you a question right now. And this is, I'm just going to ask the question, and I want each of you 
to take it home with you. I want each of you to go home, go through the word yourself, and study this out. Are you ready for this? What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a, a, a disciple of Jesus Christ? I want you to study that out and define it for yourself from the word of God. Because I believe that much of the body of Christ as a whole has lost what the true meaning of what it means to truly be a Christian and to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because it's more than just going to church on Sunday or Wednesday. Are you with me? Don't think, don't think that your prayers are meaningless to God. Don't think that... That, like, maybe on the prayer nights, if you can only make it for a half hour, don't think, oh, well, that's not going to make a difference. No, that will make a difference. Come, come. You got 15 minutes to spare? Come on in. Because it's a lie from the pits of hell that says that your prayers won't make a difference. Are you hearing me? It's a lie. For many Christians, it's just turned into dead religion. And here, listen to me now. Many are finding their satisfaction and self-worth in your service to God instead of your personal relationship with Him. The Lord, I'm telling you, the Lord showed me this. They just illuminated it to me. Because listen, when our personal relationship with Jesus Christ suffers, all of the things that we put our hands to is what the Bible calls dead works. It's dead works. And that is the danger of being consumed with your works instead of your heart toward the Lord. Here's the thing. When your heart is right toward God, everything else will fall into line. When your heart's right with God, you'll want to come out and join the saints in corporate prayer and, and call on God for a move of His Spirit. Are you hearing me? So don't neglect your personal life. Don't put your self-worth on your works uh, as far as the works of the ministry. I mean, I'm calling upon the leaders of this ministry, uh, the leaders of this church. I'm calling upon those who volunteer in this church, those who volunteer at churches around the world. Keep your personal relationship first place. First place with God. Because what happens when the personal relationship comes? What would be the result when you personally and your heart falls away from God? Those are the people, listen to me, those are the people who will come to Jesus on judgment day and say, Lord, Lord, haven't I prophesied in your name? Haven't I cast out devils in your name? And he will say, what did he say? I never knew you personally. There was never no any intimacy with, with me here, with you on earth. Are you hearing me? We can cast out devils and still be on the way to hell. How sobering is that? Those people are the ones who have failed to abide in Christ. John chapter 15, abiding in Christ, staying with Him, plugged into Him. Don't let Him go. They became works-oriented and slipped away from Christ in their personal relationship. And obviously, they didn't even realize it. Did they? Because they're calling him Lord. And this is my challenge to you. What does it mean to be a Christian? 
What does it mean to truly call him Lord? Think about it. You'll thank me one day. You say, my goodness, I'm glad Pastor James preached that message. When you get to the pearly gates and Jesus says, come on, come on in, good and faithful servant. Come on in. You're going to walk through the gates and say, man, I'm glad Pastor James was bold enough to tell me this. Are you hearing me? It'll be worth it. It's all going to be worth it one day. Hallelujah. But this is one of the biggest temptations, especially for those in the work of the ministry. And now I'm not even just talking full-time ministry, but those, uh, uh, anybody in the ministry, doing the work of the ministry. I'm telling you, it's so easy to get consumed with the work and, and your heart fall away from Christ. Instead of being motivated by love and devo- devotion for Jesus Christ, you become motivated. Those people become motivated by pride. They become motivated by self-promotion. Are you hearing me? So I want to share a key, first off, for all of you volunteers in this church and, and people around, around the world, all the Christians who, who are putting their hands to something right now, the leaders in the body of Christ also, I want to show you a key that will help you stay focused and not to fall in the trap of being an actor, all right? I want to show you this. The Lord illuminated this to me. Go to Acts chapter 12. The Lord illuminated this truth to me from the account where an angel delivered Peter out of prison. This goes for anyone who, who is putting their hands to the work of the ministry, all right? I really felt led to do this. Acts 12, 8 through 11 says, Then the angel said to him, Peter, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. Peter was sitting in prison, okay? An angel comes to deliver him. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know what was done by the angel, uh, did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opens to them of its own accord. And they went out and went on down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him, from Peter. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod, and from the expectation of the Jewish people. Verses 8 and 9, the angel tells him to get up. Get up, put on your garments, and follow me. We need to obey the instructions that God gives us for our life. Are you hearing me? We need to prepare ourselves for when he tells us to move forward. And, and we need to follow him. We need to let him lead us, all right? Key number one. But what really stood out to me, are you ready for this? You want to be set free? Do you, do you want it, a safeguard from never becoming an actor in the body of Christ when you're putting your hand to ministry work? Here it is, verse 11. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and delivered me from the hand of Herod, underline this, from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Oh, come on. If you're going to not be an actor in the body of Christ, you need to be delivered from the expectation or opinions of other people. Because when you start trying to accommodate everybody's opinion, 
That's when your heart falls away from Christ and you become an actor trying to please everyone. Did you catch that? Ministers and volunteers, if you are going to try to please everyone, I guarantee you, you will become an actor in the body of Christ and not an ambassador. Because then you're representing the people's opinions rather than representing the one who has called you in the body of Christ. Are you hearing me? As long as you and I are seeking the one whom we represent, the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be a faithful ambassador. It's when you give in to the pressure of all the opinions, the pressure of all the criticism of the people that you fail to stay connected to the head, Jesus Christ. We represent him. Now listen, this is where much of the body of Christ has gone wrong. We represent Jesus. The kingdom of God is a theocracy, not a democracy. Do you understand the difference? In a theocracy, God has the say. In a democracy, the people have a say. Here's the deal. Some Christians want to run their church like the Congress of the United States. They want it with representatives. They want it with senators. They want to, you better vote on this before you buy a light bulb. Are you hearing me? That's not God's gam- That's not God's plan. Never was, never will be. That's why you see all this junk that happens in splits in churches where they're not following the biblical pattern that God has set in the word. The fact is we are not the Congress of the United States, thank God. Are you hearing me? Although maybe some you could separate as Democrat and Republican in the church. I don't know. <laughs> Listen to me. God's plan is very simple for Christian when it comes to the church. Are you ready for this? This is what God says in his word in a nutshell for the Christian. Go to the church that I tell you to go and submit yourself under the leadership I put you under. Right? And listen, if you don't trust the pastor, one of two things is going on. Guarantee you, one of two things. You are either attending a church that God did not call you to attend, or number two, you're just in flat-out rebellion against the leadership that God's placed over you. Two reasons right there. Thank you very much for that amen. Now, uh, now listen, as a minister, if you're simply striving to be a people pleaser to avoid confrontations and conflicts, you will not be a profitable minister in the kingdom of God. You will not be profitable. Who wants to be profitable for the kingdom of God? All right, stop pleasing man then. Are you hearing me? And start pleasing the Lord. Start being a doer of the word. So, So the fact is, if you're striving to do the will of God, you will run up against opposition. Sadly to say, even in in a church, you're going to run up against opposition in the body of Christ, all right? But, so that's why you need to get God's game plan. You need to get God's game plan for your life, be bold, and fulfill it. Well, that's that's been, when when you get people sometimes say to me, Pastor James, my goodness, you're hard, you're just hard-headed. You're hard-headed. Huh? No, I got God's game plan for this church, and I'm sticking with it. I'm not going to bend. 
I can't do it. I'm sorry if you don't feel good about it. I'm sorry if you, you don't line up with the vision. But all I'm saying is I've got it and I'm going for it. I, I just got to. Or else I'm going to be judged one day. Are you hearing me? So I'd rather take some of the, the, the backbiting and carry on with the will of God. Amen? So today I ask you, are you an actor or are you an ambassador for Christ? One of the major things that separates an actor from, from an ambassador is this one word right here. Are you ready for this? Your motive. What is your motive? What's your motive for going to church? What's your motive for being a Christian? What's your motive for wanting to be a leader in the body of Christ? Motive. Say, everyone say motive. motive. The hypocrite conceals his true motives under a cloak of make-believe. You know what that's called? deception I'll give you a prime example the Pharisees thought they were fine didn't they they thought they were alright but really they were self-righteous and prideful they always were trying to justify their actions they, they were deceived into thinking I'm okay at the same time they're trying to come up with a plan to murder the son of the living God <laughs> are you hearing me there's only one problem with deception it's deceiving <laughs> you don't know when you're in it that's why it takes pastor james to come up and whisk wacky in the in the in the cheeks a couple of times are you hearing me with his message <laughs> amen but they're trying to kill the son of god when our heart is not right with God, we can think that we are a friend of God while at the same time be the very enemy of his will from being done in a local church or in an area. We can think we're all right. I don't know about you, but that is extremely scary to me. That is extremely scary to me. And that's the importance of getting plugged in with the flow of the congregation. Are you hearing me? That's the importance of gathering together in unity. Because as we gather together, there's a, a koinonia being, being knit. Our hearts are being knit together with love in unity. Are you hearing me? We need that. We need fellowship with each other. Forsake not the assembly of yourselves together, the Bible says. Amen? An actor in the church is one who has head knowledge, but not heart knowledge. They have not let the word of God penetrate their heart. Now David knew, David knew what it meant to be an ambassador, a representative for the Lord. Go to Psalm 26. I want to show you something here. Are you receiving this today? Thank you, two of you. Uh, let's see here. Psalms 26, I'm telling you, this this move that's going to take place in this area, I know it sounds like I'm blowing smoke. Yeah, it's, oh, a pastor always wants a move of God. Blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you, it's getting closer and closer and closer. Are you going to jump in the river or are you going to sit on the banks and watch everyone else have a good time bringing the souls into Jesus? Psalm 26, 1 through 4. David said this, Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity oh an ambassador will walk in his integrity i have also trusted in the lord i shall not slip 
Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. See, a true ambassador doesn't have a problem when the Holy Ghost shines a, a part on his heart that's not right. In fact, he takes delight when the Holy Spirit does that. Try my mind and my heart. That's interesting. Separates the mind from the heart, soul and spirit. We are what? Body, soul, and spirit. What do we have to do with our mind? Renew our mind. Romans chapter 12. Remember that? Try my mind and my heart. In other words, if there's something in my mind that's not lining up with my born-again spirit, show me. I want to line them up. I want to line them up. Verse 3, for your loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in your truth. I have not sat with idolat idolatrous mortals, nor will I go in with hypocrites. Who are you hanging out with anyways? Who are you hanging out with anyways? And if you are hanging out with a hypocrite, if you are hanging out with someone that's not, not rock, walking right with the Lord, let me ask you this. Are you affecting them or are they affecting you? Again, what's your motive for being around that backslider? What's your motive for hanging around that person who blasphemes the, name, blasphemes the name of Christ constantly? Are you trying to bring them to Christ or do you fall right into all the dirty jokes and, and all that stuff? What's your motive? My, 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 my. Now it's interesting here. He says, I shall not slip. When our, heart, when, when, when our heart slips away from the Lord Jesus Christ, when our heart slips away from him, our heartbeat is no longer synchronized with the heartbeat of God. In other words, your desires will not match up with God's desires. Are you hearing me? Some of y'all are praying for something that's not even the will of God and you're wasting your time. I don't know why I said that. I didn't have it in my notes. It's obviously a word for somebody here. Someone's praying for something and it's totally not the will of God. And he says, drop it. Dro Stop praying for that thing. I got a plan, whatever that means. Take it, whoever it is. Do you know what the word synchronized means? The same. God's heart's beating. Your heart's beating the same. Oh, you can look at a person. You can look into a situation and feel the same way that God feels. You can feel the very heart of God for that person, for that situation. But when your heart falls away, it's not synchronized anymore. Are you hearing me? How many of you want to be synchronized with the heart of God? How many of you want the heart of God? That's what we need as we come to this place and, and as the history books are going to be written about this area. I said history books are going to be written about this area and what God's going to do. I'm telling you, it is. It's when our hearts are not synchronized with God. It, that's the point that we become a hindrance to the will of God. Because the expectation of that purpose does not line up with God's expectation. Are you hearing me? An actor or a hypocrite in the church becomes an ambassador or a representative of their own agenda rather than God's agenda. I hope you're getting something from this today. 
If you're an actor, you're always pushing your own agenda and you never sought the Lord about it. Or you have, you know God's will, but you're still pushing your agenda because it takes you out of your comfort zone. Are you hearing me? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, please. Uh, God's, God's trying to sober us up here. He's trying to tell us. I'm telling you, a church in the local area. God told him, if 10 people were not here tonight, I'm, I was going to shut the doors of your church. It would have been done. Wiped off the map in the Big Rapids area. Let it not be said about RCC. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 15. For the love of Christ compels us, because we thus judge, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves. Underline that sentence if you have a pen. In fact, read it with me. Verse 15. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves. If we're not supposed to live for ourselves, who are we supposed to live for? That's right. God, our Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, being compelled by the Holy Spirit of the living God. Mm. Hallelujah. An ambassador is one that is faithful to the one that he represents. Trust me, I know, I know, I know I've been there working in the secular arena and trying to do ministry stuff. It is, it is totally exhausting sometimes. I, I know it. But God is requiring something of us. He's requiring us to take up his cross and follow him. He's requiring it. And I'll tell you this right now. And I speak it under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. You will not be sorry you will be glad that when you were tired, you came and you gathered together with other saints to pray for a move of God. It will be worth it. Yes. It will be worth it. I know, trust me, I've been there. You get home, you lay on the couch, and it's like you just don't want to move. But you know what I found? God moves most mightily when you sacrifice your own thing for his. When you put your own desires on the altar and you say, God, it's yours I'm following you. That's when God can really move. That's when you're giving him something to work with. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Every word, thought, and deed is centered on the one that he represents as an ambassador. Now, this is why Christians have been looked down so much on this earth by the unsaved. We have a bunch of actors calling themselves Christians which result in the world viewing the church as powerless and weak. Are you understanding me? It's a bunch of actors who they don't know what they're saying. They're pushing their own agenda. It's dry as a bone. There's absolutely no anointing there. They're living in sin. They call themselves the Christians. But listen, because the world doesn't decipher between an actor or a hypocrite and a, and a real true Christian... All they know is this person calls themselves a Christian, so this is how they define a Christian now. Weak and powerless and doing the same thing that I'm doing, living in sin. Are you following me? Are you, are you catching my heart this morning? When it's in, and the Lord is just looking down and he's just shaking his head, he's saying, 
they do not represent me. They do not represent me. He's saying this to the world. Now, but I believe that God is raising up a remnant in the body of Christ that is going to walk in the unhindered power of God. I believe, because there is so many counterfeits out there. How many of you know Satan and evil spirits have their counterfeits to everything that God has? The Lord spoke this. The Lord spoke this to us at, at our pastor's meeting. And I'm telling you, when this word came forward, the anointing just filled. We were actually in here pastor meeting and praying when this came forth the anointing filled this place so strong the lord said this don't back away from the real thing because of the counterfeit so many christians are backing away they, they don't want to be used in in the word of knowledge because they think oh maybe it's a demon spirit telling me this you know i don't want to be looked at as a sign no no there, there's a real thing and there's a counterfeit and God, I'm telling you right now in this era, he's raising up a remnant who's going to walk in the power of God and put to shame the counterfeit. Mark my words. When it comes to pass, listen to this tape again. An ambassador, always remember this, people. An ambassador comes with a demonstration of power from the kingdom that he represents. Always. He always comes. I was listening to Rodney Howard Brown. I like the man still, all right? And I might show his video again for crying out loud. I don't care what anyone says. He said, he said this, he said, he goes, you know, so many Christians, they're, they're talking the big talk. There's just no demonstration. There's no power. There's no anointing. He said, it's like a vacuum salesman going up to you and saying, hey, would you like to, you know, buy this vacuum? And they say, well, can you try it out for me? Oh, no, 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 don't try it, but do you want to buy this vacuum? Come on. We have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. We need to stir ourselves up. We need to release the power of God. There, there's such a greater dimension to walk in on this earth. Such a greater dimension. And I'm telling you what, I believe Rodney Howard Brown has a message for the body of Christ that the whole body of Christ needs to pipe up in here. I'm telling you that right now. All right? I know we stirred up a hornet's nest, but that's all right. We're finding out who's with the vision and who's not with the vision. Are you hearing me? So an ambassador always comes with a demonstration of power from the kingdom that he represents. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. You as a Christian, are you walking in the peace of God, the power of God? Do you have the anointing on your life? That's what the world wants to see. Is this thing for real? Does Jesus really have a peace to give me that passes all understanding? I'm telling you. This is what they're looking for. Power. I'm, I'm, I'm not just talking about miracles. I'm talking about power in your personal life. That's what, that's what they're looking for. They're, they're wondering, does Jesus really have the power to set me free from this bondage? Is the name of Jesus really that strong to cast these devils out of me? Come on now. That's what they're looking for. And that's what we need to walk in is the body of Christ. I hope I'm lighting a fire on the inside of you today. Hallelujah. 
And the devil and evil spirits are looking for anything in our lives that would try to discredit Jesus Christ in the word of God. You call yourself a Christian? Remember the next time you dabble in that sin who you're representing and what you're gonna do to that person, who, that unsaved person who's hanging around you. That, that unsaved person could spend their whole life, parents also, that person could go their whole life not making Jesus Lord of their life because of your testimony, because of your lifestyle that they seen. They said, you know what? I don't want what you have. You're, you're a bigger complainer than I am. There's no peace in your life. You're miserable. You don't have any power. You're weak. Why would I want to do that? I, you know, I can just go grab a Ouija board. I can go to call 1-800-PSYCHIC and get all this. Are you hearing me? So there are people in hell right now who have no other chance, who are going to be in hell forever, for eternity, because of a person who called themselves a Christian and didn't live it. Wow. Wow. Think about that. We need to think about that before we do or say something that would run our Savior through the mud. Are you hearing me? If a person is truly representing Jesus Christ, I'll guarantee you right now, the fruit of it would be leading others to the one that you represent. How do you know if you're being a faithful ambassador? Because you're going to make people hungry to come to Jesus. And if you're not, it's examination time. It's time for a spiritual enema. Remember that? Spiritual enema. Hallelujah. Now, as I close here, I just want to, I don't know how deep I want to go into this right now. Might be for another time, but I want to give you some food for thought. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. <laughs> oh, my Come on, sometimes an enema is needful, right? Some of you are just all bound up. All right. You've been feeding on the wrong thing. Been feeding on junk. <laughs> See some people's faces getting red out there. That's all right. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit just does that. He brings a natural thing and puts it in the spiritual. All right, now. Here we go, Matthew 6, 5 through 8. <laughs> and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners and on the streets, that they may seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the, your door, pray to your Father who is in, in the secret place, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think... Well, you might want to underline this. This is powerful. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Oh, God, do this. Oh, God, do this. It's like, you know what? Just get your heart right and pray it once and believe it. Right? Verse 8. Therefore, do not be like them. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Jesus here is talking about your motive for praying. He talks about the hypocrite here. And hypocrites like to be seen and heard. Uh, they want praise of man. Uh, and ambassadors are hungry to know their heavenly father. 
more and more. That doesn't mean everyone who gets up and wants to pray in front of people. That doesn't mean that they're a hypocrite, okay? Again, it's talking about their motive. It's talking about their motive. What's their motive, all right? So, but this is interesting here. I find it very interesting that Jesus talks about hypocrites in Matthew 6 here. What's the next thing he goes into? The Lord's Prayer. I believe there's some keys in the Lord's Prayer that will keep us from being hypocrites. I don't know how, how far I want to go into this or not, but let me just take a look here and see what the Holy Spirit would have me just bring up real quick here. Listen to this. He said, in this manner, therefore, pray. Jesus here has given us a model of prayer, right? He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. If you know you have a, a God, a heavenly Father looking at you from heaven, you're, you're going to examine yourself more. Are you hearing me? When you know you're accountable to, to God in heaven, you're going to examine your heart more. Aren't you? I will. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What did I say an actor does? My will be done. My will. A hypocrite. My will. I want my will to be accomplished. No, an ambassador says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are you hearing me? Are you seeing some of these keys? I mean, maybe if you, as you go through this yourself, the Lord will open up, he'll open up more revelation to you on it. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Again, forgiveness. Come on now, a hypocrite was someone who thinks that they're anointed, but they're not. A lot of times they're holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness. Are you hearing me? And they think they're all right. Give us this day our daily bread. How many of you know? Many times, pride, all pride is trying to do things our way. It's always trying to do things our way. We, I want to do it my way, not God's way. No, prayer humbles you. Prayer humbles you. Are you hearing me? Heartfelt prayer humbles you. We always want to do it our way. Well, you know, I got to work four jobs and, and miss church and, and not have time to, to seek the Lord. I got to work four jobs because I got to supply. No, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Don't do it in your own wisdom. Come on, I t I'll tell you this right now. When you put God at the center of your life, he will, he will provide everything you need. If you're honestly, truly, uh, now, I'm not just saying go to church Sunday and Wednesday and that's it. Now, no, no, 24-7. Your heart, you're seeking after him. You truly want to please your heavenly father. I guarantee you, and I stand on the word of God and say it in the authority of the word of God, all of these things that you have need of will be given to you. Amen? Hallelujah. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. How many of you know Satan would just love to make you an actor instead of an ambassador? Are you hearing me? You better believe he has bait in your life right now that will cross you over from being an ambassador to turning into an actor. And he says in here in this model prayer that we need to pray Lord, deliver us from temptation. Give us discernment. Give me discernment to know when, when the enemy's trying to put a carrot in front of my eye to lead me off of the path, the narrow path, which leads to life. Are you hearing me?
For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. It's not ours, it's his. And he chooses to flow, let his power flow through us. That keeps you humble. That will keep you humble. For yours is the kingdom. Not my kingdom, not my power. I have a sermon. It's called Your Service, God's Ability. Your service, your availability. God's just looking for a willing vessel. But it his, it's his ability flowing through you. That's going to reach the world. So let's press in and seek the face of God with our whole heart, personally and corporately. Let's represent Jesus Christ well by committing our lives to him and proclaiming his gospel message to every person we come in contact with. If you agree with that, let's stand in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, there is a mighty move. I hear the sound of rain for the Big Rapids area, this region. I hear the sound of rain. I see a flood of the glory coming to this region. Do you want it? How hungry are you? Even if you don't understand it, I don't even understand it. All I know is I have a drive for it. Do you, you don't have to understand it to want it. The question is, how hungry are you? Now maybe there's someone in this place today, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. You're still on the outside looking in. And maybe you are one that, you, you've seen someone who called themselves a Christian, but their lifestyle didn't line up and you said, what do I want that? I don't want that. I can have the same thing of what this person has. Well, the fact is that person was not a true ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I want you to come up here, up to this altar. And I just want to pray with you. I want to have the privilege of praying with you to become born again, to make Jesus the Lord of your life to be delivered from the pits of hell the lake of fire for eternity you don't want to go there it is real and if you don't believe it that still doesn't make it null and void it's still going to happen it doesn't matter if you believe I, there's, there's just a weird thing going on in the world today people who think if I believe it it's real if I don't believe it it's not real give me a break come on I can believe I don't have shoes on. That don't change the fact that I do have them on. Are you hearing me? If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, come to this altar right now. Let's settle it today. Make him the Lord and Savior of your life. Number two, maybe you're an actor. And you're a good one. You fooled a lot of people. You really, you realize now. The blinders have come off. You realize now, you know what? I really haven't been a true ambassador for Jesus. And, it, and the Holy Spirit quickened me today, illuminated it to me. If you have not been being a good ambassador for Christ, and you've been an actor, be honest to yourself. Be honest before God. He will honor that. I want you to come to this altar and rededicate your life to Him today. Very simple. Very simple. Maybe you've been a Christian for a while. You love the Lord with your heart, all your heart. But something's missing in your life. 
You, you just don't feel you have the power, the ability to be a witness for Jesus like you need to be. And the Holy Spirit's been tugging on your heart. What you're missing is the Holy Spirit baptism. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. To be witnesses unto me, he said. If you want to be a powerful witness, don't try to sidestep this thing. Don't try to sidestep the second experience of the Holy Spirit baptism. Don't do it. You don't have to understand it all to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. We're all in the growing process. But the question is again, how hungry are you? If you're hungry for more of God and you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, come forward. Maybe you're in this place and you have a physical infirmity, you have a mental infirmity. Maybe you're one who you feel bound by demons in this. You feel bound by demons in your life. Maybe you've had a terrible childhood. Maybe you're abused. Maybe whatever, whatever the case may be. But you were opened up to demonic spirits. I, I, I feel this. I feel this in my spirit. There's someone or, or there's someone in here who is bound by a devil. There's someone who's bound by a devil. And you're miserable. You love the Lord, but you just, you love the Lord, but there's always something there. There's something there and you can't move forward. What it is is a demonic spirit that you need deliverance from is what it is. It's very clear, very clear in my spirit, man, right now. That's you. You need a healing, emotionally or physically, or deliverance. Come to this altar right now. Power of God is in this place. I'll tell you that much.
are dealing with things that mommy and dad, daddy dealt with with your hands. physical, just lift your hands to the Lord right now and I pray over you from your seat. Alright? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, every demonic spirit that has gained entrance into your life through generational curses, every demonic spirit of those people whose hands are lifted now, I command you to come out in the name of Jesus right now right now and I loose a healing upon you I loose healing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ father let your anointing fall on them now let your anointing fall on them now I break the chains of the devil on their lives right now we sever those chains no more Jesus became a curse for them for us that the blessing of Abraham would be upon us and as, as pastoral authority, I loose that Abrahamic blessing upon these people now in the name of Jesus. And I renounce right now every word curse that's been spoken over your life, that's been spoken over your ministry, that's been spoken over your marriage. I renounce it right now in the name of Jesus. And I say, God, put it in their heart what you want for them. Put it in their heart what you have for them. Lord God, that Father God, that they would not follow the footsteps of their mommy and daddy, but they would fulfill what you want them to fulfill in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I come against, yes, I come against that spirit of infirmity that's latched onto your body. And infirmity, I command you to go in the name of Jesus right now, right now. Man, there's a healing anointing flowing in here right now. There's a healing anointing flowing right now. Now, what you need to do is just say it. Father God, I receive my healing now. Say, Father God, I receive my deliverance. Just seal a deal with it coming out of your mouth. Speak it. Speak it. Let the devil hear you speak it, that you receive it. And that you, re you reject the package of the devil. You don't receive that generational package of goods that has been handed down to you. You remove it this day. And I plead the blood of Jesus over every person in this place right now. I plead the blood of Jesus over every person right now. Thank you for your blood, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the healing and deliverance. The peace that's in your blood. Hallelujah. Yeah, I command that depression to come out in the name of Jesus. I command that heaviness to come out of you in the name of Jesus. I command that spirit of pain come out in Jesus' name right now. And I loose the healing virtue of the Lord Jesus Christ through all these people's bodies and in, in souls right now. In the name of Jesus, every chemical be balanced. Every rebellious cell in anybody here Every rebellious cell in your body, I command those rebellious cells to die and dissolve. 
And I speak new and healthy cells in your body. Now, now, we serve a, the creator, don't we? Elizabeth and I were just talking about that last night. We're always like, you know, heal, heal, heal. Well, God can do creative things because he's the creator. So I, Father, I pray that you would create new and healthy cells in these bodies. New and healthy organs in these bodies. New and healthy bones in these bodies. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be, oh God. Hallelujah. 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 And we thank you for it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Oh boy, there's an anointing flowing in this place. Oh God. Let the oil from heaven flow. Let the oil from your throne room flow in this place. Let the oil flow. sister Sharon was just sharing with me a personal testimony in her life and, and how important speaking the word of God is how attacks have come to her in the past and, and she's been releasing and speaking the word of God the promises of God the life of God and she hasn't had a problem since there's power in speaking the word of God oh my yes fear in the name of Jesus I command the spirit of fear that has attacked and latched on to any person in here. I command you, spirit of fear, you loose these people and you leave them now in the name of Jesus. Go! Right now! Right now! You come out of every part of them, spirit of fear. You will not have them. And Lord, let just a holy boldness be loosed on those people now. Oh, hallelujah. Let them not even be noticeable to the people they've hung around. Let the people notice a fresh anointing, a boldness come upon them where that fear has been. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise team, come on up here. As, as the people are walking out, I want you to sing day, the days of Elijah. Now, whew, hallelujah. Boy, there's a wave of his presence in here. How many of you sense it? Just let me know if you do. It's, just, it's a wave. Don't be embarrassed if you don't. It's something as you get more sensitive to the Spirit of God, you will. It's a process. It didn't happen overnight, I'll tell you that. Sometimes it, that's the importance of prayer and seeking the face of God. You become more sensitive to his presence. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, <clears throat> Wednesday night, we're going to start a new video. I haven't decided what one yet.